Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Christmas, pre-New Year, three days before one two three one two three. This is going to be actually kind of cool. On Sunday, it's the uh, 12th month, 31st day of the 23rd year. Uh, numeric anomaly on the calendar, it spells one two three one two three. Unfortunately, none of us are going to be at work to write memos with one two three one two three in the top corner as much as we'd like to be because it's going to be Sunday before. Monday, the new year. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, and we're joined today. This is a really cool show. We are joined by uh, some of the longest serving SEOs in the business and some of the, some of the best known names in the business. We got Doc Sheldon, CEO of uh, Web Narwhal, Topher Cohen, Director of SEO for CBS Sports and Paramount Global, Ryan Jones, Senior Vice President of SEO Razorfish, Carolyn Shelby, Principal SEO for Newfold Digital and Yoast SEO, uh, Grant Simmons, Grant Simmons uh, from Net Marketing Brilliant Strategy. I don't think I got Grant's um, position right. <laughs> um, He's the U.S. Ambassador for InLinks and Fractional Director SEO for Healthcare Success and at ClickFluent Consulting. Do I got that one right? That's how it's written, so Grant will have to correct you. <laughs> you know what? Well, I think yeah. I liked independent I've SEO about town. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of roles right now, Jim. So yeah, all of those are right. <laughs> well, Grant, Carolyn, Ryan, Topher, and Doc. Welcome to Webcology. Um, thanks for joining us. Wild year it's been. Um, I don't even know where to begin. What a year it's been. Um, going in some weird, weird semblance of order, what was the biggest thing that happened in search this year? What do you all think? Like the thing that impacted search the most? I think I know what you're all going to say, but what is it? Anyone who wants to jump first. I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to say AI, right? Um, well, you got there I'm, first. <laughs> it, it really hasn't influenced search yet, right? It's still an experiment um, on most of the engines, or you have to have Edge and use Bing, which, let's be real, most people don't. Um, so, like, it is it is the biggest influence, but it still has a long way to go, I think. So, it's interesting to me that, you know, everybody's going to say it, but I, I don't think it's really made its full mark yet. You know, Ryan's right. We're... I think three to five years off for AI being really impactful. The biggest thing this year was a unprecedented amount of core updates. We had one right after another overlapping other major updates. That's I think was the biggest impact, at least from my point of view, that's the biggest impact I saw on, on, on our business and um, how it impacted us was not so much being hit by the core algorithm updates, but being not really knowing if there was volatility in our rankings and traffic because of it or not. 
Yeah, I would say that although we talk about AI and SGE as being, you know, what's to come, and I agree there, Ryan, I do think it's impacted our business to your point, Tova, because everything that I've been doing, everything we're doing at different agency levels has been impacted by, um, you know, being able to write some content, whether it's title tags or other stuff, just quicker. And so it's definitely impacted our business overall. I, I would say that we, it probably would be AI specifically from the, you know, in November of last year, everyone believed it was going to take all of our jobs and, you know, to basically destroy the universe. And this whole year has been, I just felt like we've all been kind of walking on eggshells, waiting for the other shoe to drop and waiting to see how, how things got integrated. Plus as a, you know, a, a, a developer, as, as a, a product producer, everyone was scrambling to add AI enhancements into their roadmap so they could either be the first to market with it or not look like they were lagging too far behind. So there was, it felt like it was just a lot of, oh my God, we have to deal with AI. Um, but I mean, ultimately this was the year that it didn't take over. So, um, you know, we all thought it was going to replace us and it turns out it's just here to help us. And we've got to uh, to learn to accept the help <laughs> and and work with it instead of against it. It's been over a year, right? Since people first said AI is going to take all our jobs. So yeah, you saying, congrats, you made it. AI did not take your job. Yet. <laughs> well, we're all still standing, or more probably, we're all still sitting here working. Um, AI has made an enormous impact. Uh, although I, I think I agree with, um, with, with Ryan's first point. We ain't seen nothing yet. Um, Carolyn made the point that the real impact has been um, the updates, the the uh, rapid rapid uh, 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 core updates and uh, algorithm updates at Google um, starting. I think I think actually it was all year long with a quick break between April and uh, and uh, uh, June. Um, Christine, what, what, what were all the updates that were happening this year? You know, they had a long four-month delay where there was nothing, which was actually also when they started Project Gemini. So I, I have to think they're probably related. And then all of a sudden, it was like, catch up, catch up, catch up time. <laughs> so it was like update after update after update, overlapping updates. I, I don't know if they did that to obfuscate like when the update started and stopped so that you couldn't reverse engineer anything, or if it's just they got behind because they did take a lot of the machine learning engineers and move them over to the Project Gemini um when they started that so so before asking the panel about the updates i just want to introduce um steve Whitt uh steve Whitteman, uh ceo at uh Whitteman consulting he just joined us a few moments ago um what about these updates uh what's been the impact and what's google been up to like why so many successive updates one after the other hey everyone i think i know most of the group if not by name then in person but uh Yay! It's it's been a it's been a fun year actually. We've we've been able to use some of these AI tools to help generate topics and entities and tables of contents for you know amazing long form skyscraper content. Um, I think it's it's getting us ready to save a ton of money on all these crazy tools that we've been using. In a lot of cases, where we're tracking average position from scraped results when I think scraped results are going to be dead in a year from now as we see Discover and Notes and 
TikTok-ish interactions and how users are actually performing searches on mobile. I have a feeling that in a year from now, a scraped result is going to be a, what a robot sees and not what an average person sees since it's going to be so personalized. So I'm looking forward to saving a lot of money on tools in the next year and getting back to what we should be doing, focusing on user experience and you know, looking at our, our mobile experience and continuously improving how users interact with our content, a little less than worrying about um, you know, some of the, the, the technical things we tend to obsess over, I think. Um, you know, I think there still might be some tiebreaker things, but as, as web search continues to go away and voice search finally gets its, its chance, you know, I'm, I'm excited to finally get my clients bought into, you know, the action console and Alexa skills and doing things that, that teach their clients how to interact with them individually through their voice apps versus, you know, just web search. And, you know, as far as SGE, I don't know if you've seen it, but it seems to me like a lot of it's just featured snippet optimization. If you've got the featured snippet, you're probably going to show up in SGE for the most part. So a lot of that's just the, you know, the syndication and and um, citation of those short answers, you know, that um, that users are searching for. Some of our clients are asking questions like, um, like, hey, should we really be worried about this? And I'm like, you know, I think it's always important to test and to to respond to how changes happen. But right now, I see I see the labs. Uh, Google search results as being a, um, you know, looking for an answer, right? Whereas people who are looking for web search results are looking for options. So, you know, I do think there's going to be an impact to some of our, um, our upper funnel. But um, so far, you know, from all of our clients, we've seen nothing but growth in Q4 in terms of rankings because we've stayed the course with just focusing on improved content, improved visibility off the website, and improved user behavior signals, such as, you know, boosting our CTRs through rich results. So as long as we focus on those three things and start experimenting with SGE and, and voice a little bit more than usual, I think we're going to be just fine. Google's about to be awash with content. If it, I mean, Google's already awash with content, but it's about to be like just flooded, overloaded, super spammed um, with content for good and for ill. Um, some of it will be quite useful and helpful. Some of it will be generated specifically to get Google's attention. What the do y'all think is going to be Google's reaction? The generated stuff is bad content. It's almost mm -hmm. always bad content. If you totally rely on that on the machine to make the content, the content is not good. The content is useless, and you can tell that it was written by the machine because it uses weird words. Like it, 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 it talks in a way that no human talks. And everybody who's got two brain cells rubbed together can identify it we, instantly. I wholeheartedly disagree. Wholeheartedly disagree. I've yet to meet one user that's been like, you know what I want? I want a website full of automated content that a human didn't write. That's what I'm looking for when I do this search. That is what meets my needs in this moment. Like I see a lot of SEOs using it and whatnot. And, and I'm using it not as full grown articles, but sections of pages here and there to flesh out some stuff or to, you know, populate some stuff, right? Um, testing it on personal sites, et cetera, et cetera. But I've never seen a user just that's what they want. If they want AI content, they'll go to the AI. They, they don't want your website with ads and the cookie notice and the pop-up to sign up for your email and all that stuff. And then AI content. There's not a person in the world that wants that. So it, it it's Brian, there's not a person in the world who cares who wrote the, who cares where the content came from. They don't care if, if, if chat GPT wrote it or if I wrote it or a human wrote it, as long as it's correct and it fills the need of what their query was. That's all they care about. Useful. The it's gotta be useful. Right. And, well, I that's agree. the key. If, that, if, that... if, if, if you're just outputting from ChatGPT and put it on your web page, 
good for you. F tell me what your vertical is. So I'll build a, a vertical next to you and, and sync you in, in an hour, right? Because you got to have an editor touch it. You got to have humans edit the, the, the output content. Once you do that, it's, it's, it's a useful tool. I don't think it's ready for prime time. Sports Illustrated showed us it's not ready for prime time. Right, but we—that's where it. it I, I think it's really going to be useful. It's something to uh, to move the content creation along quicker, so editors can get to it and create content that the users want. So let me, well, uh, Topher. I, I think you. I think you actually threw the word out there that it's the key to the whole thing. It's a tool for those that are trying to use AI content generation to replace their own work. They're doomed to failure. For those that are trying to use it as a tool to give them something better to work with, like, for instance, outlines or research, I think that, that there's a real value there for it. Yes, I, I agree that there's value, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm saying there's no value to it. I just think as a website completely created by AI, I think website is the key differentiator here, right? For most of the places where AI content is useful, a website isn't what the user wants. They want the answer right? Who is Taylor Swift? How old is she, et cetera? That's an answer. And that's an answer that I just want the number or I want the background, right? Who is this person? And I may not actually want your website. So I think what we're going to see is while AI content can be useful, I think we're going to see the differentiation of users actually wanting it on a website versus just wanting that answer either in the search results or read to them by their smart device, which is, I can't believe why that's not leveraging AI more than it should be or something like that. I think for a search like, you know, best TV for sports, users aren't, aren't going to want AI. They're going to want that website with the real people's, you know, uh, and the real um, specifications and people's reviews and ratings and recommendations. So I think, you know, I, I don't want to go on record as saying AI isn't useful. I just think in most of the cases where it is useful, I don't think people actually want a website for it. They, they just want their answer. So I think, it's, I think it's reasonable to say that there we might be finding a user shift from people going to websites just to learn things to people leaning towards only really going to websites where they can do something they want to do because the thing that they want to learn, they're going to learn in the, in the SERPs themselves. And it's not going to get to the point where they need to dive into a site to read information. So these made for AdSense sites where they were, you know, just in random information about puppies and kittens you're not going to need to go there because if you ask a question about, you know, your kitten, Google's going to answer it in the SERP. But if you need to order food for your cat, then then you're going to go to that website. So there, there's hopefully going to be a shift towards more functional websites rather than the ones that exist strictly for eyeballs and ads. And we're, we're um, go ahead. All of you, in one way or another, have your uh, fingers on large-scale publishing. Um, uh, Tofu over at, at CBS, uh, Carolyn, um, dealing with everything, everything that goes through through, through Yoast. Uh, Steve, with the number of your clients. Steve, the number uh, of your clients as well. Given that, um, I, I think Ryan's absolutely right when, when he suggests that people are going to SGE for answers and they're going to... Um, traditional search for options. But is this going to change the way that um, corporations or advertisers present information to uh, to the general public? Uh, Christine? Well, I was going to jump in and say that um, Carolyn and Ryan both hit on really good points. Uh, part of the HCU, the Helpful Content Update, is written in a way that AI content can never meet those guidelines. 
And then in addition, we see John uh, regularly discussing now that AI content is regurgitated uh, content and an anchor around your website's neck um, when it comes to what Google wants in search results. So he's tweeted that a few times. It's also been reported by Barry a couple of times. So I think that um, there are places like where Ryan says, like you augment an article, use it for titles or descriptions that are very helpful. But as far as direct uh, interfacing content with the search engine, uh, I think people have to be careful. We're seeing with affiliate sites and that a lot of them that use AI content are completely dropping off their, uh, their organic visibility and traffic. So I think there has to be like um, from our angle and everyone else can tell me what they think. Uh, I think we have to give careful advisement on Sure, if you can do titles and descriptions like Yoast does now, which is amazing. Carolyn uh, was on our show, I think, last week and told us about that. Like, you got a thousand blog posts and you want to fill in the title descriptions. Yoast can do that for you now. Um, and you want to augment some articles, that's great too. But I think you have to be careful about using it for straight content, given what Google has said and what the HCU guidelines have written. So, so I think the, the key thing there, in my humble opinion, is that that word helpful that we bandy around but sometimes people are going to your site for valuable information that can be pulled from uh, AI generated content. So I think the thing is helpfulness is more about content strategy to make sure you do have the content once people get there. And then certainly the utility side of it is that other key thing. So utility side of it around uh, making sure that when people get there, they, it does satisfy their needs. So I don't think AI content omits that. It just has to be part of an overall content strategy with human insight and making sure you're covering topics completely. If anybody doesn't think that today they're going to a website and reading content that's 100% AI created and, and then edited by a human, then you there's a naivete there that I don't understand. <laughs> For fact, I know for fact, multiple websites are, are pumping out content that's being edited by humans. Let's be very clear. It's being touched by human before it's published, but not a single word was written by a human being. It was all AI output. And that content is performing well. It's doing great. I'm seeing it across multiple, uh, multiple sites, multiple platforms. And it, it just is. And to think that's not happening is uh, a world I want to live in because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty little fairyland. It's definitely happening. It's just that over time, how long will that content continue to rank? The HCU is there as a learning algorithm, continually running to update. I, I don't think Google can tell, Christine. I don't. I honestly, God, think I, I have read this content. I, but just to be clear, I want to say out loud: this is not on CBS Sports. It's not on. on, on, on <laughs> make sure I say that very clearly. This is not on any site that I actually work for. But these are other sites that I know it's happening, Wait. and I don't think Google can tell. It's not watermarked. It, because it's being, it's not it's being edited and touched. Okay, Topher, give, not, give, like, given that, Topher, would you start using AI content in, 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 at CBS Sports? Um, yeah, yeah. I have a, let me clarify. Paramount Global is, we, they're, the, the, has not okayed for us to use it for publications, so we're not using it for pu publications. But we've had some long conversations and some guidelines, and we tested some, 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 some writing stuff, and it's around boilerplate things, like Ryan says, you know, uh, you know what is a you know a, a gambling dic a term dictionary kind of kind of thing is what you know would, where where someplace that I would see us using it because that's pretty boilerplate straight ahead stuff that you can tell pretty quickly whether it's right or wrong and you can edit it pretty fast and why reinvent the wheel when you can just have AI output it for you. 
We're, I don't want us to get confused yet. though between AI detection and AI and the guidelines and the HCU. So the HCU guidelines are not about AI detection. They're about things AI can't do. So like AI can never go outside its training set. It can't create. It can't add new um, information. It can't add uh, new helpful information to the dialogue. It can only regurgitate what exists. So when Caroline said everything that writes is is garbage. That's what John has been saying too, because it's just a regurgitation of everything that already is in the document corpus that Google has. So when they when it's restated, no matter how well it's restated, no matter how we can't tell, Google's not looking at it. Is it AI content? That's it's looking not, at it. Is it helpful? It's not adding to the academic discourse. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not it's not innovating, and I and that's what that's what the helpful content update is for. You know, it's it is this information new and useful. So, I mean, writing something that, that's already existed, yeah, that might be useful, but there's a whole lot out there already that's already saying that. So why should yours rank above somebody else's when somebody else has already said that? It's, you know, you gotta, so make it mean, you gotta spice yeah. it up a little. There's no information gain, right? It's, there's no information gain to use a technical term, which is more for data than it is for content, but there is a, such a thing as information gain and information retrieval, but it's not adding. And to touch on AI detection, one, no matter what tool you're out there that says they detect AI, they're all bullshit. Um, you really can't detect AI. The tools are just looking at, is it using the next statistically probable word? And maybe, but you know who else uses a statistically probable word? Humans. That's why they're statistically <laughs> probable. So it's, it's really hard to detect. But two, I don't think Google cares at all if it's AI content. And like they're, they're going to say stuff forward facing for their PR department and whatnot. But I don't think they care to detect or look. They're still looking at, you know, is this helpful? And by helpful content, it, it really is probably just information gain and or total click-through rate of the domain or type of site or something for that type of searcher. Um, if, if you look into these antitrust cases, all the interesting stuff that has come out of there is, is fascinating for how Google really works. But I don't think they care. I think, you know, they're just looking at it. Does it answer the question? And then they're going to let their feedback signals, which, you know, might be clicks. They're going to let those feedback signals dictate whether it really is helpful or not over time or through further iterations of whatever, you know, uh, machine learning algorithm they're running through all the results. I, I, I really agree with this, and I, I don't know how we can not, not agree with this, is that I don't think it matters how it's created. And when we talk about information gain or fully satisfying a query, there is a lot of content out there, but sometimes it's not aggregated. That's why people in the old days went to libraries. You know, it's not that they had, couldn't find books individually, but you go there to get more information. So I think with a, with a robust content strategy, you end up having all the answers in the same place, and then it becomes more utile. And once that happens, it becomes more helpful. So I, I don't think they care how about yeah, how it's created. I do think it's a matter of how stuff is structured, how someone can navigate and use a site and UX, massive part of that. And it's the, the signs of satisfaction to Ryan's point that are going back and down and say, this is a great site, whether, you know, we rely on dwell time or reclicks or, you know, brand clicks or whatever it might be, um, you know, in building a brand that fully answers and satisfies questions, we can attract traffic. And so I, I don't think it matters how it's created. I do think it matters how it's organized, how it's presented, uh, how easy it is to consume. I, I saw you waving your hand don't. back there. <laughs> I, 
I don't think that, you know, I agree, Ryan. I don't think that Google gives a damn whether this was generated by AI or by humans or editors or not. They're looking at the end product. And they have to look at it in terms of the users. So they've got to look at whatever signals they decide to pay attention to to determine how useful it really is. It's in, AI is in such infancy still and is going to be that way for you know, probably three to five years that it's very difficult at this point in time to, to look in and say, okay, this is hallucinating, okay? The detection is very questionable. The, it, we're just going to have to live with it, like Carolyn says. You know, it, it is what it is, and it's going to evolve. So we've got to, to figure out and figure out what's working and what isn't working in Google's collective mind. And that kind of goes to the, the earlier question that you brought up, Jim, as to all of these almost continuous and overlapping updates this last year. You know, Steve does an awful lot of testing, I know. So I'm sure he'll corroborate this. When you're looking for particular results, testing what this, this client is doing, is this working or not? And you've got two or sometimes even three overlapping rollouts it makes it almost impossible to determine, okay, did this go up or down because of this update or that update or this this change or that change? Because sometimes they'll conflict. And at this point, Google is trying to determine what is useful, what is new. Well, we're, you know, like you say, there's so much data on the internet now that trying to add something new and valuable to a particular topic is in increasingly difficult. And it's just going to get more difficult as, as we're inundated with more and more data on the net. So we have to figure out what, it, what it's going to take to impress them. Is it going to be credibility of the brand? Is it going to be the, the language in which the data is presented? Is it the navigation? You know, matching the query is just, I think it's going to become increasingly less critical. It's going to be matching the reaction did it satisfy the need from google's standpoint and from the user standpoint yeah it, it well it's all going to be satisfying the need and that's that's really what it comes down to and i think i hopefully what this is going to push the world towards is that people are going to the people that win on on, on a given topic are going to be the people that are specialists in their in their field and have experts actual expertise. So these useless, taken up space, broad cookie sheet sites that, you know, just kind of lightly touch on zillions of topics, but don't actually have really good information are going to not be profitable to the point that people aren't going to bother making them anymore. And hopefully we will get back to a point where there really is a lot of great information to be had from the internet and the internet becomes, you know, I don't want to say useful again, but more like it was originally intended to be, which was, you know, sharing of actual knowledge and information rather than just trying to lure people over so you can make your, make your CPM and, you know, get the clicks. We've been, we've been right. telling our clients wanna... for years to, to not think and set it, forget it mindset. I think we, we know search engines use algorithms and algorithms use patterns. And I think as, as SEOs, we look at those most important pages on our website and we, we think to ourselves and we ask our, our customers and we ask, you know, uh, 
employees to participate in how we can make pages better, how we can make them more useful. We look at our reviews, we look at our, our competitors' reviews, and we find opportunities to you know, address gaps, both in, in the needs of our customers and topics and entities and subtopics that we know are important you know, to a particular service we offer. So I think, I think what's, been, what's been a success for all of us over the years isn't the fact that we follow some sort of an optimization protocol and hand it off to the client and say, I'm done. It's that we continuously look at the data. We look at, hey, we, we dropped three positions. What happened? Let's look at the, the positions that are now above us and see what they did differently. Let's look at their on-page signals, off-page signals. Let's look at their, their SERP results and maybe even you know, go back through and look at, at the change in the rich results, if any. Let's look at the visibility. Maybe they have three or four listings now you know, using more universal results uh, as opposed to just having a single listing. So that prominence gives them a little bit more um, credibility and potentially even more CTR. So I think, I think a lot of us, you know, as long as we stay in that same pattern mindset of every month, what are we doing better? And, and asking our content team, what did we do better this month? Asking our off-page team, how did we improve visibility to this content, to our name and, and these keywords off the website? Going to our, our tech teams and saying, how did we make our pages more usable, more better, that users are interacting with our content a little bit more? If we're doing that on our key pages and we notice some things working better than others, then we start rolling out those things across other pages on our website. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about how our group overall has been doing things. And I don't think we need to change our mindset on it or be worried about AI. I think we just do what we do. What, what's the Jim Rohn quote is, uh, you don't have to do extraordinary things to be successful, just do ordinary things extraordinarily well. I think all of us do that and prime examples of it. I think, I think yeah. most of us have a luxury, right? We, we don't work in affiliate niches or in made for AdSense niches, at least most of our work. A lot of us do that on side projects and, and whatnot, who know, right? We, we all spam, uh, not for clients, we all, everybody in SEO spams on their own. But I think that the made for AdSense and the niche sites are gonna be what's hit biggest by the changing in search, whether it's helpful content, whether it's AI, everything, because they exist to fill a gap in search and a gap in the marketplace a gap in brands and content, right? They, they, they fill a crack somewhere. And what AI and what search engines get better and as AI comes in, they're gonna get better at filling those gaps. Uh, brands can use it to fill the gap. Search engines can fill the gaps for the brands or for the experts and whatnot. And so we're really gonna see these sites start to suffer if everything works right. I mean, there's still gonna be loopholes and there's still gonna be ways in. And we're seeing that too with you know all the types of different spam that's coming in. but. Uh, as, as it gets sorted out, I think these are the sites that are going to hurt the most. And we're going to go back to what Carolyn said is a world where it is experts and brands and, you know, big names in the space that hopefully dominate. Christine, you've been trying to get a question in. <laughs> let me let Topher go first because he's about to explode, I think. And then I'll go after <laughs> Topher because I think I have a little bit of a different perspective on the uh, Google doesn't care about AI and see what people think. So, first of all, I agree with Ryan that Ultimately, as long as it's useful, helpful content, Google isn't crap if a monkey wrote it or an expert or AI, but that's not what I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask if it's okay with um, Jim and Christine is what's winning look like in 2024, right? In indeed. It's not, because I personally believe, this is my personal opinion, is that the biggest impact on AI is not going to be on content creation. It's not going to be on serving search in search queries, but it's going to be this interface of search. And that so that rankings are now going to be useless, uh, useless da data point, because I because it's going to be personalized search to the nth degree. Those of us who have been doing it for a hot minute, remember when personalized search came around and oh my God, chicken little sky is going to fall. 
everything is bad. Well, it didn't really work out that way. No, did it? I think it's really going to happen this time. That's that that truly that the Google's going to learn what you're looking for in search and serve you a SERP that only you ever see. That then they're not going to serve that same SERP to anybody else. So saying, hey, I rank number one for. NFL football picks is going to be great because I personally rank number one for, for uh, picks. But if Ryan does the same search, he, he's going to get a different or Caroline or even you, you're going to get a com completely different, not only rankings, but interface inside of Google. I think that that I, I think that that's definitely possible along with what they've discussed. But the CEO right now internally, the um, morale is at an all time low at Google. It's been reported multiple times. They don't think that he's following the Google vision. So yes, he has stated that's where they're going to go. I don't know that I would want that. I want to find something when I go to search. I don't want everything repeated back to me that I've already searched for to put me in a filter bubble so tight. I can't find anything outside of that. So I will have to see what the tests you're, look like when they do that. But you're different. We're all different. We're we're not the general public. And My, the general public, I think, is you know kind of not super bright. Um, and, and they do, they, 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 they talk into the little machine and then whatever the little machine spits out, out back at them is gospel truth and they go on their merry way. So the only, I think it's a, it's a reasonable concern that they are going is. to default to that. I do disagree though. I, I live in a non-tech area. Vegas is not tech at all. Most people here don't know anything about tech. Um, and they regularly ask me now why they can't find anything in Google search. My dad, who's 82, sent me an email and asked why he couldn't find anything in Google search. He was looking, he, he writes specs for hospitals and he was trying to find a specific bolt specification and all I kept giving him back was shopping results because it assumed intent. And so I think when you get too narrow, you start to make mistakes in your assumptions. And I think they're already doing that. So to mistake, mistakenly believe I want X websites because I search for X things. Most people have a diverse life where they search for multiple different things based on work and home and friends. And so I can be totally wrong. You could be totally right. John. I just think that but, from the, what I hear from people now using search that they're already frustrated with how Google's going. I don't think they'll be less frustrated if they go more that way. But I, I think, think you are, I think you're, 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 you're actually agreeing with me, but in a different way, because if the search results are so bad, Google will then in theory can use AI to learn what you're looking for and serve you a better, more, more useful search result. That is more that is tailored to you because it's learned what your interests are. It, it uh, I don't think it's going to uh, echo chamber you. I don't think it's going to um, pigeonhole you. I think it's going to. I think I think it could learn more and more of what like Christine wants and and then then show her more useful and helpful SERPs. And, well, and we've been seeing see that for a few Topher. years already, Topher. Yeah, you know, in terms of search history and location and uh, so many different things that each query has boiled into it before you see the SERP, it only makes sense that they're going to continue that. So, yes, agreed. Um, and I think if we looked at the Yandex leak, right, like the top 12 most important factors were all personalization factors in the index. And so like when, when Google gets up there and says links aren't a top three factor, yeah, of course they're not. But I think we're going to see a hybrid of kind of what co uh, everybody here is talking about is when, when Google's going to say personalization, it's not going to mean to you to just what Christine searched. And there will be an aspect of that, right? Because when you search something, you expect to see that same page you clicked on before show up again, right? You, you know, show someone else or redo a search later. But we all work in advertising. We're familiar with lookalike audiences or psychographics, what we call it, right? 
And I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I know because there's a partial PowerPoint deck about it from the antitrust case that's on going in front of the government right now. Google's going to use that type of concept. So there's enough data in there to say, hey, I don't really care about Christine personally as a user and her preferences and everything. But what about people that look like Christine? Here's a search Christine's never done, but a thousand people that search kind of the same way Christine does and look the same way she does in search from their cookie data have already done this search. What did they find helpful? What did they find useful? I can now tailor Christine's search to her lookalike audience that has done that search before, even though she's never done it and maybe give her more useful results. So I think we're gonna see that type of thing more built into Google now going forward. And it's, so yeah, we're never gonna see the same search results because we're not gonna be, well, some of us are probably gonna be the same lookalike audiences, right? I'm sure most of us search the same, um, but we're not gonna be the same lookalike as other people or the rank trackers or whatnot. So I think you know, there's gonna be a whole nother layer to it and it's, it's fascinating. So what I hear you saying is that I need to stop letting my children use my devices. A hundred percent. So Ryan and Christine and, and Carolyn and Christine. So, I'll, so I'm going to pose my original question. What's winning, right? It, because in my point of view, we have to, it's a paradigm shift. Like a KPI of where we rank is not going to be the key KPI for SEO going forward in the future. Now, I don't think it's going to happen in 2024. I think it's down the road. But what's that key KPI? What's winning as an SEO from a, when we go to our, our bosses and say, I deserve a raise, I, I'm better at my job because, because of X, Y, and Z, how do I prove that with data? I haven't worked at a place in the last, let me do some math on my hands, a long time that, <laughs> that has looked at, at ranking. ranking data as yeah. a metric for bonuses or anything else, it's it's revenue. It might be overall traffic if overall traffic correlates directly to revenue, mm -hmm. but it's it's revenue. That's mm -hmm. that's that's what they look at. That's what the C levels look at. Yeah, yeah I've been working with e-coms for years now. The only thing they care about are are we making more money? Are we not making more money after we did yeah. all that stuff? So um, mm -hmm. the, uh, the the Saturday, I mean the the day of the national championship game for college football. Uh, I want you all to be staring at my Slack with me and watch the hundreds of messages I will get of why don't we rank number one. To think they don't care is fun. I wish that was true, but my personal experience is that's not true. There are there are some companies that do, but there are a lot of companies I think that also don't. And I, I think that once the ranking data starts getting to the point where you can't accurately track it, I think they're going to they're going to roll over to things that they, they they're comfortable with and they understand and they understand money. And I think it's a combination of, I, I, sorry, Ryan, let's just say real quick. I just think it's a combination of uh, specific ranking data for specific terms, you know, are making revenue. So like when I worked for a $2 billion e-commerce company, we dropped off number one for a main term for the main traffic driver for the site. So they looked at that, but they don't care about general ranking data whatsoever. So they want to know why are we not number one for this term, but not why are our XYZ thousand keywords not. Well, you know, to, to Carolyn's point, there are some businesses that do and some that don't. I think the issue there is is really it's not just revenue and it's not just rankings, it's ROI. Depending upon the business, rankings, you know, showing up first in the SERP may be integral to pulling in their revenue. And for some others, it isn't. They don't care. They want to get you on the site and close you a deal there. So I think it's going to be ROI driven. When that ROI can be tied to rankings, then they'll be concerned about it. Those that don't change their thinking, you know, those CEOs that continue to, 
to chase links as their as their ruling factor are going to be falling behind yes. because AI is going to be changing things. SGE is already changing things. The inability to test definitively because of overlapping rollouts, which depending upon how conspiracy driven you are, may be by design, may not be, but it's having the same effect upon us as marketers because it makes it very difficult to see what caused this change in performance of my client's website. Was it this rollout or that rollout? Or these three rollouts? Or a combination of two? You know, you don't know. And I want to circle back to um, two things. One, what Topher asked about what is winning, and also back to Google doesn't care about AI content. Um, I do think Google cares about AI-generated content just because of the sheer volume of content that's being created already. And they don't want to have to be crawling over a trillion new pages by the end of 2025 because people are just generating AI. Um, for my clients, I've told them for their important content or for most of their site to maintain their writers and actually hire better ones um, so that they can add their kind of unique twists, their personal insight, their views into there. That's why hidden gems has been applied because they want to beat AI with all this user-generated content. I don't find hidden gems to be particularly useful. I go for a search for something that has nothing related to Reddit and I get eight Reddit results, you know? So, um, but I do think they are concerned about AI content. I think that's why we have hidden gems, why we have the HCU and why these niche affiliate sites are getting annihilated right now. Cause that's the early way that the HCU can identify not useful content. Also, we see a lot of sites that are saying that they're not getting indexed at all or their pages are barely being indexed because all they are doing is regenerating what's already out there by using AI to write the content, even with human editing. So I think as Carolyn said, most of the AI content is just considered mediocre garbage by Google. Not necessarily by us, we read it, it sounds good. It was trained to sound good and human and competent and all those things. So we read it and go, oh, that sounds great. But I think Google, as uh, Ryan said, is looking for information gain. And information gain right now, they are saying is personal point of view, personal expertise, personal um, photos, personal video, personal things that you can do to prove that you are not AI. And they're not using AI detection, but now stock images are a negative, stock videos are a negative. They want your own videos, your own personal viewpoints written in there. You, they want your own uh, images in there. Um, so I do think that they are aiming to not rank AI content as 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 commonly as it is right now. And we'll see what happens. But I do think I do think that they care. So I think winning for a site is also going to be determined by what shows up in the SGE. We all know that the SGE tests, I think we're all in it, show up as either like a little line at the top of the page or a full blown 2000 pixels is the largest one I've measured uh, of contents. And if that 2000 pixels shows up at the top of your search results, do you think anyone's gonna look past that? I don't. Um, so I was wondering what you guys think about the impact of the SGE on winning in the future. I think or anything else like, like the feature snippets like I mentioned earlier I think a lot of it's going to be feature snippet based and if Google sees it more of a um, transactional query that it's just going to leave the generate button there for you to decide if you want to see a, a, an SGE result but for the most part I think it's you know it's not really going to have that much of an impact to lower funnel I I don't think they're going to go full launch with the 2000 pixel implementation I think they're doing that to test it and get user feedback and see how much is too much and whatnot my main thinking though is just cost to it and speed, right? It costs a lot yeah. of money to generate SGA, SGE for every search result when users don't want it. So I think they're trying to learn from us 
in the test is when do people want it? When do they not? How much is too much, et cetera. I don't think they launch a version that doesn't have ads in it, right? Because Google is still dependent on ad revenue and anything that cuts away ad clicks or ad views is going to be bad for their business model. Um, so I, I do think there is, they're going to keep some sort of attribution or some sort of ad model in there in the rollout, which is good for us as organic SEOs, because if there's links and ads in there, then there's going to be links to organic websites in there too, because you can't really can't have one without the other and be trusted, um, fully trusted or get users to click on it. So I, I think there's, I think there's a mixed future there. Um, it's definitely going to be present, but I don't think it's going to be this thing that completely takes over search, uh, that people think it's going to be. Yeah, who knows? In the future, maybe. What do you think, Topher? Ryan, are you saying it depends? No, SEO <laughs> would never say that, Topher. <laughs> no. I feel like you're saying it depends. Uh, I, I don't know why I feel that way. Um, so I, I, I think, I, I think, I think we're three to five years out from really knowing what the hell Google's going to do, or, or, or any search engine, right? Let's not forget Yahoo is relaunching itself and they're going to be a major, I can't even say that with a straight face. Um, but what the, if they were, eh? Well, it'd, be, it'd be great. Let me, you know, obviously I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really good friends with Ryan Provost and the guys that moved up, that left CBS sports to go over to Yahoo and, and, um, and bolster that team up. And I wish them all the best and I hope they have huge success. I don't think they're going to, but okay, cool for them. Um, I, I'm going to tweak a little bit here and answer Jim's original question about the updates. I think we're going to see them more often and they're going to be less impactful. I think this is what Google was, but I think, I think part of what Google was doing, whether they meant to or not at the end was training us as SEOs to get used to being, to have basically constant uh, announced updates happening. And they're going to be less, they're going to be less impactful because they're going to have, they're going to be less like, let's put the kitchen sink in, into a, a, a core update and they're going to be smaller and more incremental and they're going to happen way more often. I think we're going to, I think we're moving to a world where we're almost in a constant Google, either algo, helpful content, um, spam, review, any of their updates. It's just going to be always happening in, in our world going forward. Nailed it. Hasn't it always been that way to one one degree or another? Google's always constantly updating itself, tweaking here or there. Not um, announcing it though. Not announcing. I think that's the key change there, Jim. Is that they're going to be telling us like they have been when, when like they announced the cores. They're going to be telling us we've launched this. The you know the the January update, the the February update, the March update, the helpful content. We're we're going to get those announcements of when they launch and and stop. But it's just going to be a constant rolling thing like all the time now. I do miss some fun names. <laughs> Sorry, just I miss when they had fun names. They're so boring now. <laughs> Has anybody else gotten the impression over the last many months that their rollouts are increasingly more lengthy? Now, I know they've got an awful lot of territory to cover, but things that used to take two to three weeks are suddenly taking three to four months. Yeah. And I think that that is, is uh, perhaps intentional. Again, it's exacerbating that, that overlapping rollout issue which makes it gives us less information viable information at least that we can hang our hat on well i think we'll have to wait though also to see what happens with project gemini because they did reorg internally and move a lot of the machine learning engineers over to gemini last uh i think it was march or april and that's when i noticed a lot of the delays the slowness so it could just be they don't have enough engineers working on the project but you could be right it definitely could be meant to confuse us because, you know, SEOs are not their favorite. 
um, topic. <laughs> so uh, really quickly, I, I want to shift gears a little bit. We're 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 pressing time. Um, Christine, you just reminded me of something I wanted to talk about. Actually, um, Google has been concerned about uh, the quality of its search results in the last few months. There's been a lot of complaints from not only the SEO community, but as, as Christine pointed out, lay people are having a hard time uh, uh, using Google. Um, and, find, and finding finding information they're looking for. So much so that Danny Sullivan, uh, search liaison, um, has been inviting people to submit examples of bad uh, search results pages. What do you all think about that? And is um, will this uh, will there be enough feedback for for Google to find find incidents of mistakes and make improvements? I would hazard a guess that internally they have probably formed a special little task force to evaluate and and determine whether it's really something to be concerned about. Is it going to go away when this rollout finishes? Is it something that we caused with that rollout? Uh, you know, Lily has been putting an awful lot of information in Danny's hands, and some of those examples were atrocious. Uh, you know, you've got to imagine that somebody at Google is really concerned about that. The thought even occurred to me the other day is, is this something that Danny's doing on his own because he just can't get anybody to listen? <laughs> and, and, that's, you know, cool. that's the kind of thing that Danny would do. You don't want to listen to me? Here, listen to these 34 professionals that are pointing out these examples. I, I could imagine him doing that and, and more power to him. But I think that that they have to be paying attention. You know, whether it's going to turn out the way we would like to see it turn out, that's... <laughs> That's an if. Very possible that no one's listening to them. And I, I think we've seen, in my opinion, Google's gone too much machine learning. And I think what we've seen yeah, in the past few updates is what is they've they've rolled out way too much machine learning. They've they've pulled the lever too far. You know, whatever signals the machine learning is using to show that, you know, domain um clickability or whatever, whatever that metric is, right? That's why we're seeing seven-year-old Reddit posts pop up for recent questions that were like, this doesn't help me right? It's, there's, there's too much, something's weighted wrong in the wrong way. And the challenge though, is if it is full machine learning, you know, SVMs and whatnot, how do you, how do you manually adjust it? Right? There's, there's, I think it's gonna, you're gonna see a lot of back and forth here, a lot of updates, as we'll call them until they actually get it tuned, right? And I think we're living in that phase right now where they're, you know, they've made a drastic change to how things work. I think that's my gut, but I think we're going to see the tuning phase and it's, it's going to be ugly for a bit before they figure it out. I think. A hundred percent agree. Matt Cutts used to say he would never add machine learning to the ranking signals because once it broke something, they would not be able to fix it because once the machine learning does something, there's no way to reverse engineer what it's done. And I completely agree with you. I've been pointing out to Google. I've been sending, I don't mean like a little bit bad. I mean, completely irrelevant results for at least six months now where I put in a search and I get maybe one, maybe one result that's related. I also get a lot of spam, um, a lot of that um, predatory parasite stuff showing up. And I also get just completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with what I've searched for, or it has to do with one word in the search. It's a multi-search. So it's like I put five words in and Google's ho overly hyped on one term in that search result. And the results, of, and this is personal. I don't even mean for clients. I just mean when I'm personally looking for things, it has just been so horrendous that maybe 25% of what I get back has anything to do with what I search for. And that's a big maybe on about 
75% of my searches. So what have you guys been seeing? Similar or? I saw, I saw the same thing. I was doing a, a campaign for, for IHOP. They have a new campaign starting in February. And I was trying to find sites that were specifically around some of the new things that they're doing. Um, some things like, what are some websites specifically about strawberries? What are some websites, I don't know, specifically about chocolate? You know, and I'm, I'm doing some of that research just to find sites where they could do a little bit of uh, cross promotion, a little bit of, of reference and, and uh, referral links and maybe benefit some SEO. I couldn't find anything. It was just garbage. And some of the sites that showed up were like other TLDs. And I'm like, what am I looking at? Like mm-hmm. what happened to yeah. Google? It's dead. And so I, yeah. I gave up and I went back to just, you know, coming up with broader recommendations because I was just exhausted trying to find sites that were relevant that were still around some of the sites that I did find, or I used uh, Bard to find what didn't exist anymore. They were just gone <laughs> or hadn't been updated since 2018. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm yeah, I, I feel the website. pain. Yeah. I'm regularly getting results from 1998 to 2008 so, in the top 10. Oh my yeah. God. Here's my question. So Ryan brought up the good point that, you know, that when the information we're getting out of the, out of the, out of the, the, the lawsuit is that, you know, links are not the top of the pile, right? That, you know, personalization, that kind of stuff. And then we talked about how machine learning is too much. Is that the problem with the SERPs? Is that they aren't relying on the core of what the page rank was based on, which was, you know, votes from other verticals to other sites in in in, in either the same or comparable verticals saying this site's an authority because we're linking to them. Is is that why we're getting such crappy results? Is because they're they're not, they've walked too far away from the core of what, what, what the quality algorithm was? I, I think it's too much semantic, uh, which, you know, uh, semantic meaning the meaning of the words. Uh, so not not really looking at the exact word you type and not enough lexical search, which lexical being give me the words I typed and their variants, right? Um, I think the shift has been too much semantic and they've gotten away from, we all grew up on search engines. These are the words I type, give me the web pages that show them. And us older people are kind of expecting that. I think when it comes to stuff like rank brain and neural matching and, you know, even things like TW Bert that weight the weight of a word in a query, I think they've tuned it way too semantically, way too much weight given semantically so that you're getting off topic stuff that hits on what they thought the most important word of your query was, even though it's, you know, not really related to the rest of what you're looking for. That's my, that's my opinion. And to what you said, that I just want to say, so I was searching recently because one of my, one of my boy cats, and it was clearly one of the boy cats was spraying and he was spraying blood. So I'm sorry if that's TMI, but it was kind of gross. And I I was like, oh my God, he's dying. So when I Googled, why is my cat peeing blood? But I put male cat because that's an important, it's an important distinction in diagnosing the problem because boy cats have different problems than girl cats do. And all I got were, were were articles about female cats and like possible UTIs and things like that. And I'm like, no, I specifically, I need the thing about the boy cats because the boy cats have different problems. And, and I could not convince Google to give me an article about that. And it was, I mean, it was frustrating, partially because my cat was peeing blood. And the other part, because I'm typing this in and I'm being very specific in my request. And it's like, eh, you don't really know what you're talking about. Here, look at this instead. And it's sort of similar. They had a shooting and a stabbing at my apartment complex. So I was looking up crime statistics for the apartment complex. And all I could get back were rental results. Like every page was a rental result, no matter how much I changed it, because the apartments are related to rental. And so it is associated that. But back to what Ryan and Topher were saying, 
uh, with Topher and uh, Ryan mentioned neural matching and rank brain, which are applied post sporing, and so links aren't involved in those uh, part of the results. They resort right after the scoring's done. So they could have ramped up neural matching and rank brain, and that would completely lower the value of the link in the sort order or what's pulled back. And then, as Ryan said, become overly semantic and not lexical enough because those are now applied too heavily compared to the core quality um, scoring that we're used to. What do you guys think? I think maybe Google was trying to tell you instead of looking at crime statistics, you should be looking for a new apartment. <laughs> I was doing that too, unfortunately. 100%. That's what they were trying oh, no, to tell Orion. 100%. That's exactly what it was. That's highly personalized results, eh? Yeah, there was not one crime statistic in any of the results, including crime statistics for this address. <laughs> okay, we got to yeah, shift gears a little bit again. Uh, we're, we're, at, we're almost at the top of the hour. Um, uh, sorry, Christina, I, 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 we're, we're so close to the end of the show. We only got a couple of questions left. Um, we've asked about, you know, we've talked about, about, about mistakes Google have made and, 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 and errors in search and stuff for the last show. What's the best thing that's happened this year in search? That's the coolest thing. The, the, the coolest <laughs> thing that, 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 that uh, searchers, consumers, internet users, whatever. I kind of like oh. that personalized result. I, I shared the link for what I see on my phone when I open the Google app and I do some searches. You know, this is blended Google Discover, TikTok-ish kind of environment where I can choose to not like a particular brand or something isn't relevant to me. I love that because now I feel like, and, and I, I know Dwayne was talking about this a bit at State of Search. He was talking about how, how Gen Z and Gen Alpha are using TikTok to search more than Google. I thought that was really fascinating. And I see Google starting to incorporate some of the same themes and I'm starting to see better, um, better discover results in some of my results. And I think, I think that's awesome. I don't have to be on TikTok now to see content I'm interested in. I can see it right in Google discover within the Google app. So I think, I think that's actually a pretty cool thing that, that enables us to get the kind of content we want, but they still need to fix search within that interface because as we all just talked about, it's a mess but at least the personalized results themselves are pretty cool. I like the new, um, I like that they're featuring the, the firsthand experience results from the, like from, well, mostly from Reddit. I think I, I tend to find those most useful. And I know that sometimes it can be garbage, but the things that I've been searching for, it's been helpful. So I, I was in the market for a super automatic espresso maker. And I had a question about, you know, this brand versus the other brand. I typed in this brand versus the other brand and I got a ton of really hardcore coffee aficionado, you know, I've had both of these brands. This is the model I had. These were all the things that I liked about it and the things I didn't like about it. And what I didn't get were the brand websites where I would not get honest information that I felt was useful. So, I mean, I know it can be possibly problematic with how they're incorporating it, but I think there are some use cases where it is really useful and in those situations, I'm a big fan. You know, I think besides the fact that we all were outed for ruining the internet, um, <laughs> I think that the big, the my, my, my favorite thing is the fact that, is that it, Google is forcing us and people who, who do what we do at all levels to be better at what we do. And that is only going to make our industry stronger and make, and in the long run, I think, 
I understand that there is not a piece of data or information that proves this today, but in the long run, it'll make the SERPs better. And it'll, and, and, and I think that that's a good thing. And that's, that's really my takeaway to that. And, you know, the fact I you know, survived cancer this year. So yay me. Yay you. That's awesome. Okay, Ryan or Doc, do you either you have an observation on the very best thing to happen on the web this year? I mean, Topher surviving cancer is now my new best thing that happened it's this year. It's hard to top, eh? Very, very, very happy. Can't top that, but uh, no, I think everybody just hit on the on the stuff I would say, so I'll I'll pass my time. I'm still waiting to see something good happen in 2023. So <laughs> I'm with Doc. <laughs> well, you know what? 2023 is over. I mean, seriously, functionally, this is <laughs> write it up. It's done. We got one more working day, three more actual days. 2024 is on its way. And is there anything coming down the pipe that 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 as a uh, SEO or as a search engine user really excites you? I'll jump on that. The one thing that I'm really intrigued about is the AI actually getting dialed in. You know, there's obviously there's folks out there, evildoers that are using AI to, for their spamming, texting, and phishing and whatnot. There's going to be more AI used in hacking, but there's also going to be a lot better uh, applications for it. And I'm I'm concerned about some of the negative aspects that AI is capable of, but I'm very encouraged about some of the positive aspects as well. So I'm hoping that the three to five years that I'm currently agreeing with Topher on is overly pessimistic and it ends up being a year or two. 2024 would be wonderful to see. I have my doubts, but I do think we'll see some progress. I... I uh... <laughs> I'm not going to bank the, the farm on it. Okay. Anybody else want to jump in on this or I'm going to have to take us out? No, I just, I'm, I, I was just to say, I, I'm really, I don't know if it's directly search related, but the, the AI stuff I've been using as a helper to me has been very helpful as uh, someone who's got ADHD and there are, things that I used to have to do manually sort of, or, or lean on other people to help me with, uh, you know, for coping mechanisms and time management and things like that, that I've been able to use the AI for that mm -hmm. has made me so much more productive and so much better able to do my jobs and, and to function and to not have panic attacks all the time. So I'm, I'm happy that we're getting to the point where we can, we can integrate these tools into our lives as, and, and make our, you know, make make work better make make things better for us i agree i'm i'm excited for basically the future forcing us to for lack of a better term grow up because for so long our industry has been about you know tricks and hacks and tactics and every change that's happening and everything we've talked about is forcing us to be more marketers we we have to understand user intents and needs and desires and and different channels right i've, I've been long saying it at razorfish that ai is another channel like an app store or Amazon or search or paid ads or display, right? AI is just one more channel we have to be visible in. And it's really making us think like marketers and turning SEO into more of a legitimate, well, not that it wasn't legitimate, but making it, you know, the Venn diagram of SEO and marketing closer and closer to a circle. And I think that's where we're going to keep going. I think Ryan's 150% right, which I never want to say that phrase again. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and the key is, I think that something that a, a, a good portion of our industry at some point lost vision of is SEO is audience acquisition. That's what we are. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. End okay. of sentence. Yeah. There is no, there is no, yeah, but on that one, we are audience acquisition. And the, and this, I think is pushing us to remember that and to, and, and go back to that and be better at that. Christine, I think you want, you want to get something in. Oh, no, no, no. I was just happy everyone could come today. I think that everyone had great insights and we don't always agree, but we always have really smart, intelligent people giving us different perspectives we can all cue into. So I'm, I'm thankful and very thankful Topher beat his cancer. Uh, we've known Topher for a very long time, so that just makes me happy. And it's good to see your faces. No one else can see your faces because we're on audio only, but I can see you. So <laughs> it's good to see you here. So. Well, yeah, I want to, uh, I want to thank um, everyone for, uh, for being part of the, the show today. Um, Doc Sheldon, CEO of uh, Web Narwhal, uh, Dover Cohen, Director of SEO uh, for CVS Sports Paramount Global, Ryan Jones, Senior Vice President at SEO Ra- uh, of SEO at Razorfish, Carolyn Shelby, Principal SEO of Newfold Digital and Yoast SEO, Steve Wideman, uh, uh CEO of Wideman Consulting, who's actually had to split, and also uh, Grant uh, Grant Simmons, who also had to split. Thank you all for, for being here today. Um, as Christine said, this is the last show of 2023. So I want to thank um, I want to thank all of you for being sticking with us through uh, through another year, a really turbulent year in search. Um, I want to thank um, Darren and Brandy, uh, the owners of WMR.FM, and uh, Brasco and Ricky, the two engineers, supreme engineers at uh, WMR and Cannabis Radio, um, our, our our sister network, friends. Be really safe over New Year's. Uh, be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Don't smoke and fly. Um, watch out for your neighbors. Watch out for your friends, your brothers, and your sisters. Rank well. Be kind to each other. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next year. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Position right. Thanks, Happy New Year, everybody. Great joining you. He's the U.S. Ambassador for InLinks and Fractional Director SEO for Healthcare Success and at ClickFluent Consulting. Do I got that one right? That's how it's written, so Grant will have to correct you. <laughs> you know what? Well, I think independent. Yeah. I liked independent I've SEO about town. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of roles right now, Jim. So yeah, all of those are right. <laughs> well, Grant, Carolyn, Ryan, Topher, and Doc. Welcome to Webcology. Um, thanks for joining us. Wild year it's been. Um, I don't even know where to begin. What a year it's been. Um, going in some weird, weird semblance of order, what was the biggest thing that happened in search this year? What do you all think? Like the thing that impacted search the most? I think I know what you're all going to say, but what is it? Anyone who wants to jump first. I mean, everyone's going to say AI, right? Um, well, you got there I'm, first. <laughs> it, it really hasn't influenced search yet, right? It's still an experiment um, on most of the engines, or you have to have Edge and use Bing, which, let's be real, most people don't. Um, so, like, it is it is the biggest influence, but it still has a long way to go, I think. So it's interesting to me that, you know, everybody's going to say it, but I, I don't think it's really made its full mark yet. You know, Ryan's right. We're... I think three to five years off for AI being really impactful. The biggest thing this year was a unprecedented amount of core updates. We had one right after another overlapping other major updates. 
that's I think was the biggest impact, at least from my point of view, that's the biggest impact I saw on 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 our business and um, how it impacted us was not so much being hit by the core algorithm updates, but being not really knowing if there was volatility in our rankings and traffic because of it or not. Yeah, I, I would say that although we talk about.